0: Michigan State Preview, CFP Week 3, and why you shouldn't drink when your wife's nine months pregnant. All that and more next on Dot in the Eye with Davis and Chad. what's up buckeye nation and welcome to dotting the eye with davis and chad we are on episode 35 and coming to you when we play the team up north's little bastard brother michigan state and also we got cfp rankings to talk about so it's an exciting week here on dot in the eye what do you say davis yeah i think this
1: is finally getting into the grueling part of the schedule that is really going to tell the tale of what kind of team we are this year and What our future holds for the end of this season because you know it's going to be tough competition the rest of the way through
0: I agree before we get into this Michigan State game I want to talk about the CFP that came out on Tuesday night and it went like this number one Georgia two Bama three Oregon four Ohio State five Cincinnati six the team up north seven Michigan State eight Notre Dame nine Oklahoma State ten Wake Forest and I'm going to go a little bit farther because I want to talk about it 11 Baylor 12 old Miss and 13 Oklahoma. And I'm going to stop there.
1: Okay. Obviously not a ton of change, especially in the top, what, seven. Um, I think top seven remain the same. A uh, few changes. Obviously Oklahoma dropped uh, five spots. Uh, I think they're the worst ranked one loss team in the power five. Um, but I mean, that's kind of expected because they were the worst ranked unbeaten team at that point, but really not a lot of change up front, but, I'm going to
0: argue that here
1: in a second, but I want to get your overall take on what you witnessed on Tuesday.
0: I mean, I will say this as far as consistency goes with the CFP, and I know we're going to talk about it, and I'm going to get all pissed off here in just a minute. Go figure. Yeah, of course. But Oklahoma dropping five and Ole Miss only moving up three and Baylor moving up two I think was pretty consistent, which with what they've kind of said about Oklahoma all year and that they don't believe in them. Um, They didn't think they were a good team. So at least they stayed consistent with that. And I was a little bit wary of the fact that Texas A&M lost to Old Miss and dropped only back to 16. But I'm 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 thinking the CFP still wants us to believe that that was a quality loss for Alabama and they'll do anything in their power to make it look that way.
1: Oh, I completely agree. It's it's almost it's irritating but at the same time it's like I mean, obviously I'm expecting that to happen. You know, they they get the benefit of the doubt. Uh, to be perfectly honest, though, Big Ten has been favorably ranked for the most part this year. Um, you know, I disagree with the fact uh, that Penn State had kind of been left out last week. Now it's irrelevant because they lost again. But um, I think the committee had mentioned a couple weeks ago they still value that as you know, a good win, uh, that Penn State win. But, um, yeah, I mean, m- we're kind of top-heavy right now. You know, we don't really have uh, a ton of teams in the mix. I mean, Wisconsin's really coming on strong um the last handful of weeks they're all the way up to what 15th i think they continue to win and you know some of these other teams play each other i mean they could potentially be almost a top 10 team by the time big 10 championship game comes around so i mean you're looking at possibility of three top 10 teams in a row boom 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 and there's not another team in the country that's going to be facing that
0: i agree but um you know there was an article that came out on espn.com if you guys get a chance to go check it out um it's by heather denich uh, on there, she wrote an article basically lining out scenarios for the CFP, talking about you know what happens if Alabama loses a close game to Georgia, what happens if Ohio State and Oregon finish with the same record, and I thought it was very interesting some of the stuff that she said on there, and I, I kind of want to get your take on a couple things. How do you feel about the fact that she made a statement in there saying that a two-loss Alabama that loses a close game to Georgia in the SEC championship game would get in over? An undefeated Cincinnati and/or a one-loss Big Twelve Oklahoma State champion. So I'm gonna
1: obviously disagree with that, and I'm gonna be try to be as objective as I can about this. Not the fact that you know we, we dislike the SEC and we hate the favoritism that it appears that they get, but I mean they're treating Georgia like world beaters, like they're impossible to touch. So even getting anywhere close to them means that. Well, you've got to be one of the top teams in the country, right? I mean, if under that premise, then what what about Clemson? They only lost by seven, and they're a seven and three team, and they're still not ranked.
0: So I've said it before, I'm not sold on Georgia. I'm just but not they're, sold.
1: They're right. So they're not even valuing a close loss for Clemson. And Clemson being a big brand name and being seven and three, you know, kind of starting to come on a little bit throughout the year, they're still not even ranked. So how are you going to use that? And then turn around and say, oh, okay, well, then Alabama can go ahead and lose, you know, by seven or something like that. And, oh, they got to be one of the top teams in the country. Clemson did the same thing at the beginning of the year, and they get no benefit for that. I mean, there, there's nothing that's saying that, oh, you know, Clemson deserves a lot of credit for keeping that close. I mean, people think Clemson's garbage this year. I mean, obviously, they haven't even made the rankings, so... I just yeah. I, I completely disagree with the fact that I mean, my opinion is Alabama loses regardless of the outcome. I mean, unless it literally maybe goes into overtime and it's back and forth, back and forth, and it's like a two point conversion difference, maybe a slight argument, but they still need some other chips to fall in a particular way behind them. But I don't see
0: two lost Alabama not winning the conference getting in. I don't. I wish I didn't see it, but you know, dude, you know how I feel about ESPN and the SEC. And when you've got uh, you've got ESPN writers telling us that that's what they think will happen, I'm pretty sure. Well, that's that's ESPN writers. The ESPN writers are not on the CFP, and I know that. that Listen,
1: okay, to an extent. I mean, it does seem that ESPN does a lot of uh, the thinking for some people.
0: Dude, which shouldn't be the case from the
1: beginning. They've set it up this way. I agree. It it does feel like a setup. It does feel like they've continued to do this to build up the resumes of all these teams in the SEC. That's why we continue to see again that the highest ranked team with the most losses of each team is always the team from the SEC. Because and why one State. of them loses and they drop three spots. One of them wins and they go up four. It's do you either agree with
0: this a quality statement? win or a quality loss. Yeah. Do you agree with this statement? Because what I'm going to say should tell the tale for the entire thing. And it's a real simple thing. If Ohio State wins out, they will have played how many teams? What, one, two, three ranked teams in three weeks? Okay, and two of them in the top ten. Okay? At if least. we beat every single one of those teams and we win the Big Ten Championship, we will still not jump Alabama, who's, whose best win is Ole Miss, I guess. I agree. Uh, I'm not saying point. that we're getting hated on
1: as much this year. Bama's always seems like they're going to get the benefit of the doubt. What have they missed? Maybe two? of the total playoffs out of the seven they've been in five of them um so it it seems like they're going to constantly get the benefit of the doubt and i think that's current position but the real thing that i continue to want to argue about these rankings is the fact that oregon is above ohio state and michigan state is below michigan and of course we've been hearing this for the last week or so uh since the first time uh you know, after Michigan state lost to Purdue, they dropped below Michigan because the head to head are because they believe the head to head wasn't the deciding factor. They said that they clearly thought Michigan was a better team. And instead of even watching the game, cause they made an interesting comment that they said, if you just watch the game or take watching the game and put it aside and you just look at the stats, Michigan's leading all these categories. Well, what the hell do you think it the, is the same thing? If you do that with Oregon and Ohio state, who's going to be leading all those categories it's going to be mostly Ohio state. And True. even if you want to sit there and watch the game, I'm not saying Ohio state has played their best football all year long, but they're, they their ceiling is so much higher and they've put on some jaw dropping performances that you don't see from Oregon. You don't. And I just really believe, and especially from what I hear on a consistent basis, you know, is that a lot of people really believe Ohio state is the better team. So the fact that they do that with the Michigan and Michigan State ranking, and then they want to turn around and continue to put Oregon over top, it it mind boggles me. I mean, I even put a poll on Facebook, and I said, you know, do you believe – now, of course, I understand these are mostly Ohio State fans to begin with, so it's going to be a little bit biased, but do you believe that Oregon should still be ranked above Ohio State? And out of, I think, 30 votes, 24 of them said no. They think Ohio State should be above, uh, above Oregon. Of course they and did. I understand
0: it's going to be a little bit biased, but I well, think... Well, where did I vote? You voted no. You yeah, think I'm they right should it. be where they're at. Yes, I do, and I'll tell you why. It's, it's too soon. Okay, if you'd asked me this in two weeks, my answer would be different. But you cannot tell me that all of a sudden we beat one ranked team who's ranked number 20, okay, and beat Purdue. Whoopity-fricking-do. And all of a sudden you want to jump Oregon? That does not suffice you beating a head-to-head. It doesn't suffice that. You have to have overwhelming evidence... In order for me to put you above a team that beats you head to head on a field. I'm so, then where's,
1: where's the overwhelming evidence why Michigan is that much better than Michigan State? There is. And
0: that's why I had a problem with that to begin that's with. My, that's, the that's
1: my whole problem. Listen, and that's honestly where I'm at. I will be okay with Ohio State being below Oregon if the committee was prioritizing specific criteria. But because they've shown that, oh, we just think this other team's better because of statistics and things that we've seen, and then the head to head doesn't matter. But then they're turning around and making the head to head matter when clearly I think the eye test and the statistics would favor Ohio State, they ignore that. You know, I can honestly probably pinpoint it to the main reason why I think it's still happening. And it's something that they had mentioned that they are really valuing winning in Columbus, which. Is a testament to the respect that Ohio State gets of how hard it is to win on our field. I mean, the last time we lost at home, uh, I believe, it was 2017, if I'm not mistaken.
0: Which is funny um, because the worst losses we've had that I can remember were at home.
1: Yeah, but not not recently. I mean, they've been more on the road. The Purdue game that we lost was on the road. Actually, the Iowa dude, we game that we lost was on home. the road. We played worse at home. Than I we agree. Had on the I think I, we do play better on the road typically. But yeah, I mean, what was the last one we lost? Was that. Maybe the Oklahoma game? Baker Mayfield playing in the flag year? Yeah. I believe that's the last time we lost at home before the Oregon game. So I think, you know, our brand name and the home field and playing in Columbus is just viewed as such a huge win that it trumps anything else that they're seeing. And I think that's realistically the only reason they're doing it. It's not because they're just saying straight head to head. You know, I think it would be a different story if we went to Eugene, Oregon, and we lost there by seven, and then everything would remain the same like it is now. I think we probably would be ahead of them, but I think See, it's I don't strictly so. from
0: the fact – I do. I honestly believe that because I think it's just – Our resumes are eerily similar right now, and as a matter of fact, they have a better win than we do, and well, they have the head-to-head. Head. Yeah, but they have a worse loss. They have a terrible loss. It doesn't matter. You can't go to that when they eat. When you the can because is Ohio, because in, because not Ohio when they beat State you head to penalty. head. That's There's my point. There's
1: a lot of teams that get. I and listen. We can go around the circle on this, but I'm always going to disagree. And here's let, let me tell you why I think it is important. Because we can sit here and play out all these different scenarios, like you talked about in that article. But let's say that some chaos happens, or uh, and because. Because I've told you and I've told our buddy Chaz that's been on the episode before and other people that I really want this rematch. And we're almost prime for a possible rematch in the CFP semifinals. And at that point, it's irrelevant if we're we're ahead of them or behind them. Because if Georgia beats Alabama and we keep doing our thing, Ohio State and Oregon are going to be two and three. It doesn't matter what the order besides, I guess, whoever wears home jersey, right? So I'm rooting for that scenario to happen. Now, of course, we're seeing all of this expecting Ohio State to win out. That's still f- to be seen. And all of this argument may, may be for not. But let's say, for example, that Alabama does beat Georgia. So the first thing here is Georgia's still going to get in. That's almost a consensus. They're a lock, right? Yeah. Alabama's going to move to one. And at that point, it's going to be very important who is ahead between Oregon and Ohio State, because there's no way they're going to drop Georgia to number four and have them play the very next game together, a rematch in the semifinal. They're not going to do that. There's no way. They would drop Georgia to three, which means – I almost think they would drop them to two. Even if two, it doesn't matter. But at that point, whoever is uh, ahead in the ranking between Ohio State and Oregon then – is going to have that matchup with Georgia, and the other one's going to have the matchup with Alabama. So that's why it is going to be important how they do this. Now, in a doomsday scenario that I just mentioned there, I'm okay with Oregon being ahead because I do want to play Georgia, but I'd rather play them in the national title because I think Georgia would beat Oregon, in my opinion. Um, I I think we would have a legitimate shot against Alabama. I really do this year because they're not world beaters this year. They're a really good team.
0: And we are a really good team, and I, I think, think it would be fairly evenly matched. I agree. If we play like we did last week, and the defense can get some stops. You know, and we don't have a ton of penalties. I, I really do right. believe that. But my point, my, what I want to say is this: I don't want people to think like I'm against Ohio State, and I don't want them to be ahead of them. No, I just feel this way. I feel that our resumes are eerily similar, and whether you want to argue it one way or the other. Is, is on you. Whether you want to talk about wins, whether you want to talk about losses, head to head conferences, all that stuff. I get it, dude. I get it. And people are saying, well, Ohio state has a number one offense. Yeah, I get that. But we're nitpicking. My point is it's not enough to jump them yet. That's my to an, point. To an extent,
1: I'm going to agree with you. I really, I don't think it's as big of a difference, but I just still personally feel like if we're going by what's the better team, because they've done that with other teams in the ranking, then put Ohio state ahead. Because I think, Everyone would probably expect if that game were to happen again, you know, Ohio State would be favored. I mean, Ohio State was favored.
0: The first one didn't win. I understand that. But I would say not yet. And I'll tell you why, dude, my real reasoning why is because I feel that, like I said, the teams match up comparably when you're talking about, you know, schedules and things like that. But my point is that I still think that the world has a different view of this team than we do being so close to it. And that if you look at the scope of the season from the outside looking in, we've had some highs, we've had some lows, and then we've evened out. And then people are like, man, I thought this team was better than that. And we had those, you know, two bad weeks coming out of the, you know what I mean, coming out of the cupcake games. And then we come out, you know, last week and we look brilliant. I think people are wanting us to lament that. Like they want to see, can you do it again? versus top competition and if so maybe then we'll buy in and that's what I think that's why I think this week is so important dude to us not only just for because if you lose you know what I mean your playoff implications are pretty much over but in the fact that dude I think we can make the country believers this week if we can come out and take care of business
1: yeah I'll be honest man I mean the more you kind of explain through it I really kind of understand your perspective and I mean I'm I'm still gonna kind of personally feel the way I would Shut your mouth. Let me finish.
0: What the hell? Hold um, on a second, dude. No, hold on a second.
1: I left <laughs> something in my underwear. I don't know what it was. Well, that's that's a normal Tuesday for you.
0: Yeah, continue
1: on. <laughs> OK, so I agree. And at the end of the day, assuming Ohio State wins out, I just want to. I, at that point, it's not going to matter whether or not we jump Oregon or not, as long as the scenario plays out that I would want to see. I would want to see Georgia beat Alabama and at least handily enough to where there's not this bull crap conversation that should Alabama still be in. And I want to see Cincinnati get in. And I want to see that Georgia-Cincinnati match up. It's going to be a rematch of the bowl from last year. And I want to see Ohio State get a rematch with Oregon. And I think that is the perfect scenario because I will have a lot of interest in both games. I think we definitely have... Uh, a really good chance to get past that game and possibly play.
0: I mean, could you imagine an all Ohio national title game? Could you imagine that? Um, I got to be honest. At that point, I may have to parti- or petition the spouse um, to let me take out a personal loan in order to buy tickets. Uh, um, yeah, I'll
1: just go ahead and sign the separation paperwork.
0: And yeah, no kidding. Go ahead and, right?
1: Yeah, go ahead yeah. and empty out the bank account and fly down there for a weekend.
0: Yeah, I'm just going to ask her, don't put my stuff outside. If you could put it in the garage, that way it doesn't get wet, I'd appreciate it. Yeah, but you you know that's not going to happen. You're going to come
1: home, it's going to be all over the yard. Oh, for sure. I wouldn't expect it any other way. Yeah. That's kind of the way I want it. She's probably going to pile it all in your golf cart and then just put a brick on the gas pedal and let it go where it goes.
0: Listen, (laughs) she can do what she wants, all my stuff, but she better not touch my golf cart. (laughs) (laughs) She may need that later. You ain't kidding. So, okay. I, I think for for now, we'll we'll leave that alone. We'll see what happens this week because I think it's going to be huge. Um, but I think since we've been talking about it, man, it's a good segue to go ahead and talk about this Michigan State game we got coming up.
1: Yeah, and I messaged you. Uh, I think it was yesterday. I might hell. I might have even been this morning. But I wanted to kind of get your gauge on what is your confidence level going into this game? Because I think, you know, that's a big part of a lot of Ohio State fans is what is your confidence level going in? Not that our confidence level matters to what the teams do on the field. It's not like we have some sort of magic power that, oh, my confidence level is this. So it's going to equate to what the team does. But, you know. Obviously, going into the Purdue game, your confidence level was not super high. Maybe call it 65, 70% confident you guys win the game. Me, I know I didn't get a chance to do it on the episode, but I was clearly, I was really confident in it. I figured we'd cover the 19-point spread, everything else. Fireball do that to you. Fireball do a lot of things (laughs) to you. So my confidence level is less in this game, given even though the spread is almost identical to what the Purdue game was. And it's a, a lot of it's probably still based in history just because Michigan state has ruined a handful of our really good seasons. Like I know Purdue has been a bit of a bugaboo in the past before, but Michigan state has really kind of been the thorn in our foot. You know, if you think back to 2015, our only loss that year, um, The day or the night my son was actually born. I'll never forget it. So that's November 15th or November twenty. Since you brought it
0: up, hold on a second. Since you brought it up, let's go ahead and tell the fine people this story real quick. Did they know that you rolled into the uh, to the delivery room smelling like Christian Slater? Well, if not, they know now. (laughs) Davis got his wife pregnant and then had to have her drive him to the hospital. (laughs) Listen,
1: okay. First of all, baby wasn't due for another two weeks, okay. I had my diaper party that evening, which means a bunch of guys came over, brought a pack of diapers, a bunch of drinks. And we sat and watched the Michigan state game. So unfortunately it was a close game. I'm nervous. I'm pounding through them pretty good and end up losing the game, bad mood, everything wife calls me up at the time she's working CVS pharmacy. And she's like, uh, I think I'm having contractions. I got to go to the hospital. I'm like, well, you're gonna have to come home, and pick me up. Cause I can't drive. So she comes <laughs> home, picks me up, head to the hospital, uh, go in. Go up there, they check her, and they're like, uh, she's seven centimeters dilated. And of course, me, I've never had a kid before. I'm like, so what does that mean?
0: You're like <laughs> so ironic,
1: because they- I'm seven beers deep. Yeah. <laughs> at least. So they look, they just took one look at me almost kind of jokingly, like, Are you being are you being serious? Like this baby's coming tonight. And I'm like, What? So sure enough. <laughs> They get the on-call person in. Wife had a C-section because my son was breached. Uh, Within two hours, that baby was out. And sure enough, I was in that OR operating the camera,
0: still lit to no end. And (laughs) it was all a big, big haze. So I just want to know something. What was her response when you were like, well, you're going to come pick me up? (laughs) I don't even know why she even bothered to call me. She knew I was probably
1: hammered because Ohio State was playing. We weren't playing well. It was the diaper party. She knew what kind of condition
0: I was in. I'm, yeah.
1: I'm, I was not at fault. I was not at fault. The baby was
0: not supposed to come that night. So oh, man, that's hilarious, dude! It's one of my favorite stories. I'll I'll never forget it. So, yeah.
1: anyways, though, but Michigan State has been a bugaboo for us. I mean, if you even think the uh the second year for Urban when we went to the Big Ten championship game, still unbeaten on that you know two season unbeaten streak, and they they ended up beating us. Um, now the last what five years, I believe, we've definitely gotten the better of them. And barring one close game, they've been almost blowouts. So. You know, my confidence level's still pretty good, but it's definitely a little bit more reserved than it was regarding how I felt about the Purdue game. So, I'm kind of about
0: 70% confident in this game. Where are you at? I'm pretty close, but I'd say I'm a weak 70. You know that, dude. I'm I'm with like we always talk about, dude, you're you're always more of a positive light and I'm always worried to death. All the time,
1: except for and the Michigan I, game every year. We've yeah, except we've, for the we, Michigan game. We switch roles in that, and that's the one I'm terrified of.
0: I feel like Tom Hanks, you know, in A League of Their Own, when he's like, "We're gonna win!" <laughs> like that's how I wake up on Michigan morning. I'm like, "We're gonna win!" You know, but I don't. But this game, man, I, I have to say it that that opinion I gave you about the rest of the country and the bird's eye view of Ohio State is kind of how I feel personally. It's kind of like, you dude, I've, I I tried to fall in love. And then seeing her with another guy a couple of times this season already. (laughs) So I'm like, is she going to stay faithful this week? That's kind of like where I'm at. And I think this is a really important week for me and my confidence with this team, dude. Because if we can put together a performance like we did last week, when everybody is kind of in limbo and doubting us, then I think this is a team that is ready, dude. Ready for the challenge ahead. And I'm just waiting to see, dude. Is that what's going to happen or not?
1: Yeah, I think it's important we do really well in this game, not just for the national perspective of just us against Michigan State, but also to show that, you know, Purdue wasn't just kind of like a, a flash in the pants, like, you know, a one time deal where we were just all clicking. Like, it needs to, we need to continue to build off of that Purdue performance and not lay off. We need to continue to be producing over 500 yards of offense to have better red zone efficiency. Uh, to be posting 40 plus points a game, even in these, you know, tougher matchups. And I think that consistency then is going to make more a believer of, you know, not just people around the country and everything, but also more believers of the kids in the locker room. They're like, hey, now we're doing this against the stiffer competition. Now we're believing that we can really do this against anyone because. You know, it's been no secret our tougher matchups this year. We haven't played our best. It's not and I mean, we're still coming out on top. And um, in some in some cases, we're coming out on top, you know, pretty decent. But, you know, if we're playing to the full potential of what this team really is capable of, we should be borderline blowing a lot of these teams out. In my opinion, we really should. I mean, am I wrong in that assumption or are you kind of feeling the same way?
0: Yeah, I mean, to be honest, uh I. I feel like we've gone through a lot this season, like growing pain wise, just kind of like, uh, I I feel like it's not just with the team as well. I think it's with the coaching staff trying to figure it out. We tried to figure out the defense at the beginning. And then I feel like the play calling was kind of sour and they kind of got that change right around. And then it was kind of like, okay, well we got everything working a little bit, but maybe, you know, our O line struggling a little bit with the, you know, the pass rush, things like that, dude. And I feel like we've just continually had a different issue. like, to work on a severe issue. As a matter of fact, I'd call it a severe issue um for most of the season. But I feel like last game, I mean, we like we talked about, we completely accepted the fact that the defense is going to be what it is. Okay. I think we're all okay with it going forward. You know, it is what it is. So and but we know what this offense can be. And I think that's the that's the real point here. And if that offense clicks on cylinders, dude, all cylinders, we should score this many points on everybody. And we should have beat some of the teams. We played by a ton more than we did so my question is dude is this here to stay that's what i want to know
1: yeah that's a good point um i don't really know what our ceiling is yet because i think we've seen it in spurts on both sides of the ball it's kind of like when we get one thing going something else kind of goes wrong we get another thing going something else kind of goes wrong but it's very apparent though that as long as we keep our running game going Then we're going to be in good shape. That almost seems like kind of the backbreaker for this team, in my opinion. The only game at all this season that we ran the ball well, but we didn't, we still kind of struggled offensively was the Tulsa game. Uh, And I think that was a little bit of an outlier, to be honest with you, because it it kind of seemed like in that game, if you remember, they really played a similar defense like uh, Northwestern did against us last year in the Big Ten championship game. And we had to kind of do the same thing, you know, run for record numbers because that's exactly what they set up, you know, to do on defense. But that's the biggest catalyst for me is it, this running game's got to stay consistent for everything else to kind of fire on all cylinders, so to speak.
0: Let me ask you this then: Give me your synopsis of how we're going to do on offense versus Michigan State, and how they're going to do on offense versus Michigan or versus us. How, how do you see that playing out this week? Well.
1: Michigan State, it's kind of a new Michigan State kind of team that we're not used to seeing. Because if you remember in previous years, it seems like this is the game that it's going to be really hard to gain points on Michigan State. And But at the same token, they don't always have the best offense, not the best quarterback play, some decent running backs, maybe one – Decent uh, receiver, but for the most part you weren't going to get us, you know Super scared of Michigan State's offensive uh, proficient uh, proficiency, right? And it's kind of shifted a little bit to where it's almost a balance now It's like the defense isn't as good as it used to be with Michigan State overall and more specifically um, In the defensive backfield in their passing defense, okay? They're still pretty good in the run defense, but the passing defense has struggled a little bit this year but at the same time, their passing game and the running game has even improved to where they're – I mean, what you said they're averaging, what, 34 points a game in the Big Ten, second in the Big Ten behind Ohio State? So, yep. you know, they are they're a different team that we're not used to seeing. So it's going to be interesting that I think we're going to get our yards on them. And I think another key is going to be can we continue to be efficient in the red zone and get seven instead of three? But I also think that we're going to be giving up more yards, more points to Michigan State that we're not used to. So I think both offenses are probably going to get very close to what their uh, average is. I mean, Ohio State obviously averaged, what, 550 yards per game? I think we're going to be close to that again. And Michigan State averages 450 yards of offense, and I think they're going to be close to that as well. So I think both offenses are going to be able to – move the ball pretty willingly. I think the big tail of this game is going to be what happens in the red zone. It's going to be turnovers and it's going to be a little bit of field position, to be honest with you. Um, You know, simply marching the ball down the field and scoring is nice, but at least marching the ball a little bit down the field and then pinning them deep and forcing them to have to go the entire length of the field. Builder Field field is important. You know, all the statistics, you know, it, it all makes sense. And, It's just it's going to be a different feel than a typical Michigan State, Ohio
0: State game, in my opinion, for those reasons. So my opinion on this game is kind of how we respond to their passing attempt. Uh, Like we talked about, Michigan State's a balanced team. They're going to run and they're going to pass. They're going to try both all day long. And I'm not worried about us against a run. I'm really not. We've done excellent against a run thus far. I am, however, worried about us putting pressure on the quarterback and also – Um, In the zone as far as assignments go and you know trying to limit big plays But I think that's what we're gonna do or we're gonna do the same thing again I feel like almost similar to what we did last week now We're gonna mix it up obviously because they are more they're more balanced team, but I think it's can we limit big plays? Can we keep everything in front of us and on offense? I think we're gonna do what we want to do. I don't think we're gonna come out firing on all cylinders I don't think we're gonna come out and score on the first drive with a 75 yard touchdown run I just don't see it happen i see us feeling each other out for a little bit but i still think that the over under in this game should be like i think it's like 60 but i think it should be like 70.
1: i think it's 68 and a half
0: it's 68 and a half i would take 70 for the over and under like that's pretty close to me maybe even 75. i think there's gonna be some scoring in this game but i dude i think that the like you said i i I do agree with the red zone thing i really think that that's going to be a huge key to this game but to me my 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 biggest key, and it's going to be my biggest key going forward in almost every game, is can our defense stop anybody? Can they stop anybody that can throw the ball? We have seen a lot of passing teams. We've seen a lot of running teams this year, but we haven't seen a team quite like Michigan State that's a little bit more balanced than everybody else. So I want to see how do we adapt to that defensively, and can we keep them out of the end zone? To me, that's the biggest thing.
1: Yeah, I'm going to disagree with you on something that you did mention I think you mentioned that we're going to, that, you know, we're really good with our running defense and we're more concerned with the passing defense. And I'm actually going to reverse the roles a little bit. And let me explain why. I, even though I agree, I think we're better at pass defense than we are. I'm sorry. I think we're better at uh, run defense than we are pass defense, but. The last time I think we faced a really good running offense was Oregon and look what they did to us. Now, obviously, I know we've changed a lot since then and we've looked better, but I don't think we have faced a running offense as good as Oregon since then. This is going to be the equivalent, if not better. And I think this is going to be a kind of running game that, you know, I think I mean, the makeup for Michigan State to try to pull off this win is going to have to be through Kenneth Walker. It's going to have to be. And he's averaging over 140 yards a game, and they're going to need that out of him. Plus some, I would assume They're in order to do that, he's not going to be able to just run through the tackles 30 times a game. I mean, they're going to have to find creative ways to get him the ball. It could be some screen passes. It could be uh, some finicky trick plays, stuff like that. I mean, they're, they're going to find a bunch of different ways to get him the ball and get him the ball, you know, maybe not right up the middle, more out on the edges. So my main concern is going to be how are we going to corral him and keep him from breaking a long one? Because, you know, he's going to be hard enough just to keep, you know, two, three yards uh, gain and that's it. So the problem that I see coming into this game could potentially be that even if he doesn't break a long one, if he keeps getting these first downs, they can eat up the possession clock. And they can continue to keep our offense off the field. And even if we are extremely uh, efficient in offense, if we're only getting the ball, what, four or five times before the end of the half, you know, that can really limit what kind of damage we can do. And if they keep this thing close, especially into the second half, anything can happen. So I'm more worried about how we handle the the running more than the passing.
0: Well, I know what you're saying. I get it. Um, I, I just don't believe that they're going to do that. If you look at the blueprint against Ohio State, it doesn't say run the ball against us. It says throw it. So I, while I do agree that I don't think – Kenneth Walker is not going to get the ball handed to him 30 times and run up the gut. That's not going to happen. Like you said, they may do some more passes, you know, some swing passes, some screens, some stuff in the flats. I can see that to try to get him into space. I definitely can see that. But dude, you'd have to be an idiot to not look at Ohio State film and want to pass the ball. They're not going to well, run the ball. Yeah, well, I
1: understand that. I'm not saying they're not going to pass the ball, but I feel like as long as we can corral that running game, because again, I think the big part of that is if you can run the ball well, you can just absorb a ton of time of possession. And the more time they have the ball, that's the less time our offense has the ball and the less time that our offense has the ability to try to you know run up the score and make it to where
0: Michigan State can't catch us. I get that. But if they come out and decide, hey, we're going to run the ball a little bit, um, but we're going to throw the ball forty-five times. We're giving up thirty points when that happens. So unless our offense is clicking in all cylinders and we score forty or fifty points, you know we're going to be in a dogfight.
1: Yeah, I mean that it, it could go both ways, and I mean that's kind of going to be the danger with Michigan State, like you mentioned. Uh, the, is the balance. Like what what are we going to take away?
0: We haven't I mean, obviously, seen that, really. Like well, I think honest. their
1: their running game is better than their passing game, but their passing game is good enough that it complements the running game. Where you have to be honest with both of them. So that's going to be, I mean, a lot of there's going to be a lot of pressure on the linebackers this week, uh, and I think a lot of pressure on the D line to get pressure on the quarterback and uh, to kind of put you know win in the trenches to try to make it even harder for Kenneth Walker to start getting yards even before contact. Like we need to be contacting him very early before he gets ahead of steam and starts rolling.
0: Yeah, as far as Ohio State goes, um, I think we will be more pass heavy this game. Uh, than we usually are. Now I think we will run. I think that uh, Travion will get his carries. He'll get 100 yards. I'm sure he will, and they will rotate him and Maya Williams. I get that, um, but I think we will lean slightly more towards the pass versus Michigan State, dude. They are not good against the pass, giving up 329 a game, and I think that we're going to exploit that with, you know, a Heisman candidate quarterback and some of the best receivers in the nation.
1: I agree with you. I, I would just slightly. Switch a little bit and say that even though I know we're going to focus a lot on the past again, I've said it for weeks. Our blueprint for our success is that the running game has to work. I'm not saying you have to run a game has to be featured, but I've almost put it as long as we can run for about 200 yards as a team on the day, then we're going to be in good shape. So, yeah, if we can do that 200 yards rushing, 300, 350 yards passing, that's that's our average. That's our 500, 550 yards a game, and I think that's the blueprint. We don't need to be having a 450-yard passing day and a 100-yard rushing day. If we get into that kind of game against Michigan State, that's where I think we're going to be in trouble. Well, you know, Michigan State
0: only gives up about 115 rushing yards per game.
1: Yeah, you but know. who have they faced uh, that's had really good running backs? I mean, maybe Wisconsin? Anyone else you can think of? Purdue had no running game and they got beat by Purdue. Well, Purdue can throw the hell out of the ball. And so can we. Yeah, but Yes, it, we can. Well, I'm just saying, listen, there's a lot of factors that are going into this game, and there's a lot of chess match that's going to be played in this game. I think this is gonna have to be a really good coaching job by Coach Day, um, and on the defensive end of the ball of, you know, kind of playing to figure out, you know, what use the first couple of drives, like you said, to feel them out, but really kind of see what they're doing and make a lot of in-game adjustments. And it's just going to be really, it's like going to be interesting
0: about. to see. It's going to be that's, interesting to see, dude. I'm excited for it. I'm excited for it too. I just, I worry about, I don't know if you noticed this or not this season, but we're not doing a ton of on the fly adjustments defensively. Well, during the game, defensive- we're adjusting at halftime.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I understand that, but at the same time, some of these adjustments may be happening, that, that, but are small enough that we just can't see. Maybe it's simply an execution adjustment of saying, hey, listen, you were supposed to be hitting Maybe this gap. Maybe it's just
0: an attitude adjustment.
1: <laughs> it could be. It honestly could be. Who knows? Oh. But there, this is a very interesting game from a lot of perspectives in here. And it's probably one of the first games all season where you can really take two top Heisman candidates heads up against each other. I mean, this is a game, I know we didn't really reference it, but this is a game that I think is going to vault one or the other into almost the lead for the Heisman. If CJ comes out and has a hell of a day and, you know, throws for another four touchdowns and 300 yards, I think that's going to put him in the lead. And I think at the same token, if Kenneth Walker comes out and rushes for 200 yards and three, four touchdowns, and especially if we get upset somehow, I mean, that's going to vault Kenneth Walker up into uh, kind of the lead. So this is a big game from not just the team aspect, but from also a Heisman aspect.
0: Yeah, I agree. I just the way I see it going down, I don't see either running back having a a signature career day. I just don't. I think this game is going to be more through the air on both sides of the ball. I think they're going to try to throw on us, because I would, and I think that we're going to throw on them, because I also would. Yeah, so. I mean,
1: I am I'll, I'll just respectfully disagree that I, I do think they will throw the ball, but I think they're going to try to feature Kenneth Walker as much as possible. I mean, you'd almost be stupid to not do that, you know, even though I know you could get some in the air through Ohio State. you got a running back like that. You've got to find a way to get him the ball. You have to. You can't ignore him. You, last time we did something like that, what happened? We didn't feed Zeke Elliott the ball in 2015, and we lost to Michigan State. You got an
0: athlete like that, you need to feed him the ball. Like I said, he'll get his carries. He'll get his carries. He'll get a hundred yards, but he won't have a career day. The game is not going to rest on him. It's not going to be one with him. Well, I
1: hope you're right, but I just have a sneak suspicion. You know, I think he's going to have a pretty big day. I'm just going to hope that we can kind of out, you know, outshoot him a little bit.
0: So what do you think about this spread at nineteen?
1: I think it's a very hefty spread and I mean, it's the same spread they had against Purdue. Now, I understand I feel more confident with the Purdue game, and I can understand why that spread was there, even though I know it still surprised a lot of people. But I don't know anyone that's touching this spread. I've not even found one person anywhere that said that they would take you know, they would take Ohio State or given up 19. No one. So, I don't know. It's a very interesting one. I'm um, not sure what Vegas is seeing in that. Honestly, my take is I still see this. You know, If we play the best of our ability – We could potentially cover that, but even if we just play a solid game, I think it's going to be around the 14, 15, 16, 17 point difference, and that's about as much as I could possibly see it being.
0: Okay, well, let's just get to it then. Uh, Before we get into prop bets here, give me the final
1: score prediction. Kind of piggybacking off of everything I've said up to this point, I think we're going to be able to get our yards. I think a lot of the score is going to be predicated on how we do in the red zone. Are we settling for threes? Are we getting touchdowns? Are we going for on fourth down and converting? Are we getting empty trips? Are there turnovers that are killing drives that, you know, it's just dead yards that we're getting in the game that don't equate to points? I mean, if you remember in Oregon, we had over 600 yards of offense and scored 28 points. That's going to be the big key here, but I think we've been trending more in the right direction of trying to fix some of these things and come away with seven more than three. So I'm going to call this game
0: 45-31, Buckeyes. Well, surprisingly, we are eerily similar. When we talked earlier and you were like, oh, you know, you know do you think that we were talking about possible prop bets and we were talking about uh, the over-under of, or, you know, of them scoring, sorry, being 30, and I was like, I'm not touching that. And that is because I literally picked 31. yeah. Um, but I picked 42 for the Buckeyes. So my my, my prediction is going to be 42-31. Um, I think that we will score, but I think we're going to give up some stuff. I really do. I think it's going to continue to be the same thing. Um, I don't think we're going to be able to quite do what we did against Purdue, against Michigan State, um, offensively. But I do think that we're still going to have a, a solid day. But I think it's going to be a much closer game, dude. I really do. Because they can score. I yeah, know they can
1: score.
0: I feel like it's going to be
1: a, cl- a little bit closer. It's going to feel a lot tighter for more of the game, uh, for sure. Now, I will say this, and I know this isn't necessarily something that we have to start doing, but I kind of want to, just for fun in this one, give a, okay, in a best-case circumstance, what would you give a score prediction, assuming that we play some of our best football this Saturday? Now, I know we're going more realistic, kind of a safer what we think is more realistic, but if you thought they really played well, what do you possibly think that score could look like? Because I think that's more maybe where Vegas is coming from with their 19-point spread.
0: That would be – yeah, that would be close. I still wouldn't put it in 19. Um, I would think if we played like the best – I still see it like maybe 52-35. Uh, I'm going
1: to disagree. I, you you got to be able to loosen up a little bit on this one. I'm talking best case scenario defense playing a lot better, you know. The defense can play as in good the as red want. we're still getting 25 turnovers. 30 points. Uh I'm going to take I, I'm I'm not going to agree with that. I think best case scenario for this game could be something like 52 14. And
0: 14?
1: 52 14. That's against best. the number
0: 1 running back in the Big 10 and a guy that can throw the ball. That's best case scenario. Listen. Well, the best case scenario would be one hundred and fifty thousand to nothing. <laughs> <laughs> There's not enough minutes in the quarter to do that.
1: <laughs> listen, it's listen. I didn't mean to get too far off topic there, but you, should that, you have said know, the I'm, best realistic. <laughs> watch what? Seriously, watch us win fifty-two fourteen. Just watch it. I mean, it's not going to happen, but I'm just saying
0: that would I be. I promise luxurious. you this much right now, and this goes for everybody on the podcast that's listening out there. If we win fifty-two to fourteen, and I mean this. First of all, I will publicly apologize on the next podcast and then I will clean your Jeep with a toothbrush the whole thing. Come on, D. We you, heard you. We <laughs> you heard it here first. This weekend. You heard it here first. So,
1: s- speaking of bets here, things that we'd have to pay up on, we've got our prop bets back. I know we've taken a few weeks off. We've had some chaos going on, but we finally established new prop bets.
0: Just for the old cobwebs off of
1: Yeah. So, again, for those you may not know, we do three prop bets for each game. uh, Best out of three wins it, and we put something on the line. Usually it's something. Funny or something small, nothing too major, but at least something that's interesting and fun to kind of bet on. What we decided to do for this one is the loser of this one has to be the other person's beer bitch next time we are watching a game together or next time we're both in town together. And that means, as Chad said uh, when we were talking about this earlier, no matter what you're doing at that point in the day, if I want a beverage, I say, I need you to get me a drink. And what are you supposed to reply? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. And there's no, I don't care if you're in the middle of something, you could be on the toilet. Listen, the toilet paper comes second. My beer comes first, right? It.
0: Pinch it shallow and wipe it deep. I need a beer. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah. Now, see, the thing is, I know both of us and we'll over abuse this rule, too, for sure. To the point of the other person be like, listen, I'll just give you money if you quit it.
0: Oh, I can't wait. I'm going to say I'm going to need a beer. And when you bring it to me, I'm going to be like, this one ain't cold enough. Give me another one. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and then all I have to do is say, yes, sir. Yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. I really hope I don't lose this one. But I have a feeling because I took some risks this the this week. So you did. You got
0: a little brave.
1: I did. So here are the three bets. The first one is sex. And... We sometimes we just kind of set our own numbers, what we're feeling. Uh, I set the sack uh, Ohio State. How many sacks do we get at two and a half? And I felt like we're going to try to fix the issue from last week, not getting any sacks and get more pressure. And I have a feeling we're going to get three or more. And Chad believes we will not. So he's taking two or less sacks. So that is the first prop bet. The second one is Ohio State passing yards. And this one, again, is interesting because Michigan State doesn't have the best pass D. They're giving up an average of 329 yards, 329 yards per game. Um, I think this one is. I'm feeling a lot more confident in that I think we will get 329 yards or more in passing. Chad thinks, for some reason, that we will not get that many. I think maybe he went a little bit of a stretch on that one, but maybe he's right. I don't know. And then, finally, the last one is, who will have the most receiving touchdowns for Ohio State? Chad says Alave. I say Garrett Wilson. And if there's a tie, the tiebreaker will be whoever had the most catches. And if that's a tiebreaker, then we go to who had the most yards. And that is the three prop bets for this week. So best two out of three, whoever wins that. The other one is the beer bitch next time we are together.
0: Yeah, we will be putting probably a piece of that on on Facebook, too. I plan on recording it if you got to get it for me. That's for sure. Well, I'm sure you will. Oh, I'm sure I will, too. So, Okay. I'm excited, man. As much as we complain and argue and be ouch about, uh, you know, football together, at the end of the day, we're Ohio State fans. I'm excited about the game. I can't wait. I think it's gonna be, I think it's gonna be a good game, dude. And you know, I don't want to blow everybody out. I know I might be in the minority when I say that. I don't. I like good football. I like good matchups. I like talking strategy, and I think this is the perfect game this season for that. I'm looking forward to it. It sucks, dude. It sucks like the way that it like melted down this season with our schedule to where like the meat of our schedule is really like a three to four week period. You know what I mean? Where we're like really, really at the precipice of the season. Um But this is my favorite time of the year, dude. So I'm super excited, man. Can't wait.
1: Yeah, I am too. I think this game is going to be um as advertised. I really do believe that. I don't think it's going to be really one sided either way. Um, And it's a noon game. And I'll be honest, I've really come to really enjoy the noon games. Uh, One, because I get to day drink and I have an excuse for it. But two is um, I hate (laughs) I hate the anticipation and waiting for a night game sometimes. You know what I mean? And just out of nerves and just excitement for the game. It's like the day takes forever and I'm not really sure what to do with myself. And I'll try to watch other games. And then finally, by the time the game comes, it's almost like there's a little bit of a letdown like I'm. Having a hard time getting remotivated back for it again, but it's like that noon game, man. It's like I wake up, get a good breakfast, have a couple drinks, and then boom, game time. We're ready to roll. So I'm looking forward to it. Um, definitely going to. Uh, I think it's going to be it's going to be a, a solid one, maybe
0: one that we remember. I hope so, man. I hope that we remember uh, freaking shouting to the mountaintops in victory. You know what I mean? <laughs> Not Preferably. one of the ones like. Like, Jesus, you remember in 2021, we got our ass kicked by Michigan State. Jesus Christ. You know, well, <laughs> as, as long as yeah,
1: as long <laughs> as no one is having a kid to, on Saturday, um, then we're fine. Because I think having the kid on the game uh, during the game is kind of been my Achilles heel. But I've already had my daughter. She came early. Um, we're good to go. Everyone's healthy. So hopefully it's going to equate to a good game on Saturday. Davis, tell them where they can find us. All right, guys, as always, you know, you can catch all these episodes on all major streaming services, Spotify, iTunes, iHeartRadio, Amazon Music and more. Uh, we also post these on YouTube as well. And occasionally we will be putting out video episodes. So don't uh, don't be uh, be afraid to get on YouTube and check those out. And we also do a lot of stuff on our Facebook page. We do polls. We do pictures. Uh, we do some other things for insight. So if you haven't gotten a chance, uh, head on over to dotting the I with Davis and Chad on Facebook and like our page uh, so you can see that content. And until next time, guys, we're going to keep doing what we do. And we really enjoy the support. And we're looking forward to the next episode. So until then, guys, go Bucks. OH. H.